Welcome to PQ Talk on Call, a podcast dedicated to current and aspiring intensivists. I'm Pradeep Kumar, coming to you from Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, Emory University School of Medicine. And I'm Rahul Demania from Cleveland Clinic Children's Hospital. And we are two pediatric ICU physicians passionate about all things MedEd in the PICU. PICU Doc on Call focuses on interesting PICU cases and management in the acute care pediatric setting. So let's get into our episode. Welcome to our episode of a 14-year-old male who collapsed on the baseball field. Here's the case presented by Rahul. A 14-year-old male athlete was playing in a high school baseball tournament when he was hit in the chest with a pitched ball. The impact caused him to collapse on the field. Bystander CPR was begun given his unresponsive state and emergency medical services were immediately called. The patient was transferred to the local hospital. Upon arrival to the emergency department, he was unresponsive and had no pulse. An EKG showed ventricular fibrillation and advanced cardiac life support was initiated. After several shocks and rounds of cardiac compression, the patient regained a pulse and was transferred to the pediatric ICU for further evaluation and management. So Rahul, to summarize key elements from this case, this 14-year-old male has been struck by a high-velocity object in the chest. He has suffered a cardiac arrest, likely due to an arrhythmia from the blunt chest trauma. Absolutely. And This case really is a textbook example of the topic of today's discussion, commotio cordis. We wanted to create this educational episode in light of the recent medical event experienced by Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin. His blunt chest trauma, which led to cardiac arrest, has been postulated to be due to commotio cordis. At the date of this recording, we are glad that Damar Hamlin is on the road to recovery. Absolutely. Let's dive into this topic more. Let's start with a multiple choice question. The 14-year-old described in our case suffered cardiac arrest after blunt chest trauma. Based on the working diagnosis of commotio cordis, what is the most likely EKG finding which may be seen in this patient? A. Ventricular fibrillation. B. Ventricular tachycardia. C. Complete heart block. Or D. Asystole. Rahul, the correct answer is A. Ventricular fibrillation. Now, in a study which was published in JAMA 2002, using data from the U.S. Commotio Cordis Registry, which is maintained by the Minneapolis Heart Institute Foundation, they reported that the most common arrhythmia out of the 128 confirmed cases, 82 of which had EKGs which could be analyzed, was ventricular fibrillation. Now, three patients had ventricular tachycardia, three patients had bradyarrhythmias, and one had complete heart block. Now, although 40 patients had asystole, this was unlikely to be the initial rhythm after impact. Interestingly, majority of these rhythms recorded at the scene. So Rahul, how do we define uh, commotio cordis? So commotio cordis is Latin for commotion of the heart, and it refers to a sudden cardiac arrest that occurs when a blunt impact to the chest disrupts the normal electrical activity of the heart and causes ventricular fibrillation. It is a primary arrhythmic event that occurs when the mechanical energy generated by a blow is confined to a small area of the precordium and profoundly alters the electrical stability of the myocardium, resulting in ventricular fibrillation. 
So, Pradeep, the case we have involves an athlete. I want to go into a little bit about the demographics and epidemiology of this condition. Do you mind shedding some light on this? Absolutely. As you already mentioned, Rahul, commotio cordis is Latin for agitation of the heart. Interestingly, it is the third most common cause of sudden death in athletes after hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and congenital coronary artery anomalies. Commotio cordis shows a predilection for children and adolescents, with 26% of victims being younger than 10 years of age, and a minority of patients who are like 25 years or older. It has a predilection for males. Up to 95% of all the reports in the registry were males. Commotio cordis can result from blows to the chest from projectiles, predominantly baseballs, softballs, lacrosse balls, or hockey pucks, or blunt bodily contact with other athletes, especially in children under 15 years of age. So in summary, here are some patients who may be at risk for commotio cordis. Number one, male gender. Number two, young patients, typically between 5 and 25 years old. Those who participate in high-impact sports, such as baseball, ice hockey, and lacrosse. Chest wall size and anatomy has been reported to be a risk factor, as well as heart rate and rhythm at the time of impact. Now, it is important to note that commotio cordis can occur in anyone who sustains a sudden blow to the chest, regardless of age or even level of fitness. So Rahul, can you expand on the pathophysiology of commotio cordis? The pathophysiology is pretty interesting. And as we mentioned, ventricular fibrillation is the most common arrhythmia. The ventricular fibrillation seen after the mechanical energy of the blow is delivered to the chest has shown to have certain determinants and triggers from animal studies. Important determinants include location of the blow must be directly over the heart or really near the cardiac silhouette. The timing of the blow is also important, and this must occur within a narrow window of 10 to 20 milliseconds on the upstroke of the T wave just before its peak. And remember, the T wave represents ventricular repolarization. An electrically vulnerable period is going to be right at that upstroke of the T wave. And this is when there could be a inhomogeneous dispersion of repolarization causing a susceptible myocardial substrate for provoked ventricular fibrillation. So timing definitely matters. Other contributing variables are going to be the force of the projectile, the smaller sphere, direct orientation, and a thinner, more compliant chest wall, which may be seen in younger population. Now, interestingly, at the molecular level, it is possible that ventricular depolarization induced by a blow to the chest and commotio cordis has something in common with the pathophysiologic mechanisms that give rise to primary arrhythmogenic conditions, such as ion channelopathies. The increased pressure in the ventricle after the impact actually causes the cell membrane to stretch and activate certain ion channels. And the candidate ion channels include ATP-sensitive potassium channels, which really contribute to the initiation of ventricular fibrillation in commotio cordis. So to summarize thus far, remember that the incidence of commotio cordis is primarily in the young. But when we think about adults, it's low even in sports like kickboxing and boxing. A probable explanation for this may be that the adult chest wall is more mature and fully developed, and this actually may be protective. 
So Pradeep, if a child collapses during sports, what should be the approach by the bystanders prior to the arrival of the paramedics? Very good question. I think the first thing is early recognition of cardiac arrest. Sudden collapse with unresponsiveness or no breathing or agonal breathing and no pulse in any child who has just collapsed is cardiac arrest unless proven otherwise. Immediate high-quality chest compression should be initiated without interruptions while 911 call is initiated. If an AED is available, then the pads need to be applied to the chest without any delay and the AED activated. Now, another common scenario is that a child while playing suddenly collapses and starts to seize. This should not be erroneously blamed on a seizure disorder, but should be most likely due to a cardiac arrest giving rise to hypoxia and due to to which there are seizures from brain hypoxia. So Rahul, after initial resuscitation, what are some of the investigations which should be considered in this patient? I think commotion cordis, like many conditions in the PICU, is a team sport. So early consultation with the cardiologist will be essential, and particularly electrophysiology consultation will be necessary. You want to start with your basics, EKG, echo, stress testing, ambulatory EKG monitoring, and cardiac MRI will be kind of the full workup for these patients. Electrocardiographic features suggestive of long QT and Brugada syndrome should be pursued if appropriate. Other tests you want to grab for these patients include CBC, CMP, cardiac enzymes, a UA, and in some cases, even a tox screen. Cardiac genetic testing should also be considered on a case-by-case basis. Rahul, can you tell us about how we manage these patients in the PICU? Usual good supportive care with attention to airway breathing and circulation should be provided. And these patients will definitely need a CVL and ART line so that we can have continuous cardiac monitoring. The patient may initially require a presser like epinephrine, and we need to establish central access in the case of cardiac arrest that these patients could be predisposed to. Now, early extubation when the child is clinically stable should be attempted. And maintenance of judicious fluid balance and correction of electrolytes must also be done. The physical and occupational therapy consultant should be initiated early, and we should stratify whether these patients would benefit from early mobility to prevent deconditioning. Now, in the absence of any underlying cardiac disease, there is no indication for any medical or device therapy for survivors of commotion cordis. And such individuals should actually have no restrictions for returning to athletic activity. I would like to say, if you are interested in learning more about post-cardiac care, check out our prior episodes. And our prior episodes on post-cardiac arrest care and post-cardiac arrest syndrome is a two-part episode which provides you a system-based breakdown on how to manage the multi-system dysfunction after cardiac arrest. So, Pradeep, to transition out of the PICU and think about a public health perspective, what are some approaches we can take with our current knowledge of commotion cordis? I think, Rahul, that's a good question, and a lot of things have been tried. I think uh, number one uh, would be improved design of sports equipment, like using airfield balls or dense hard core balls, although that may not be practical as it may change the nature of the game, such as baseball. Most important would be coaching young players to avoid getting hit in the chest, 
if there is an errant pitch or avoiding defending the goal in hockey or lacrosse using the player's chest. So that would be very important is to avoid getting hit in the chest in the first place. Chest protection devices, there's a lot of commercially available protectors which were originally designed to reduce the likelihood of trauma from blunt bodily injury, do not offer absolute protection from arrhythmia after blow to the chest. Wearing chest protectors is an ineffective, inconsistent way of preventing ventricular fibrillation and reducing the risk of sudden death. Now, the most important device to have would be an AED. They have substantial life-saving capability and it is appropriate to disseminate them widely at youth sporting events and recreational settings where commotio cordis may occur. Prevention of sudden death from commotio cordis should be focused on wider availability of AEDs and prompt recognition and resuscitation of the victims. Now, commotio cordis is usually, although not invariably fatal, availability of AED, public awareness, and early activation of the survival chain has improved survival. So Rahul, as we close our episode, can you summarize the key take-home points? Absolutely, Pradeep. So number one, commotial cordis, it's a primary arrhythmic event that occurs when the mechanical energy generated by a blow to the chest is confined to a small area of the precordium and profoundly alters the electrical stability of the myocardium, resulting in ventricular fibrillation. The second take-home point is that early recognition of cardiac arrest with prompt initiation of CPR and defibrillation can improve outcomes in patients who suffer severe blunt trauma and commotial cordis. And then finally, AEDs should be made available as a public health measure at youth sports or recreational settings. We are pediatricians at heart, and thus prevention is key. This concludes our episode on commotial cordis. We hope you found value in a short case-based podcast. We welcome you to share your feedback, subscribe, and place a review on our podcast. Please visit our website, pqdoconcall.org, which showcases our episodes as well as our Doc on Call management cards. PQ Doc on Call is hosted by me, Pradeep Kamath, and my co-host, Dr. Rahul Dimania. Stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you. Thank you.